Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrive, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Hi, and thanks for joining me on the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk all things customer value. Uh, Customer value is the only kind of value there is. Today, I wanted to take a little um, turn from normal, and that is I'm going to be the guest being interviewed. Uh, This past week, I launched my book, Radical Value, Elevating Your Company and Career by Unleashing the Power Within Customer Centricity. Uh, the book came went to uh, Amazon number one bestseller status, and I really appreciate all of those p- people who made that possible. It turns out that marketing a book really does take a village. So while I do recommend you all go to Amazon and search under Radical Value or Radical Value Bounty, um, get yourself a copy of the book. I wanted to... Um, play one of the interviews on launch day, which was Friday the 13th. I um, was interviewed by a couple radio stations, actually a bunch of radio stations, and one of them, um, Kelly Cordes on WJON-TV, which is, uh, you can look them up on WJON.com. It is owned by Town Square Media in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And on that station, they have a show hosted by Kelly Cordes called It Matters. Uh, Kelly interviewed me on Friday um, around noon her time. And I wanted to play you that interview uh, because it really gets at some of why I wrote the book and what's in it and what you can expect. Uh, So today it is an interview once again, but I am the interview guest and I have somebody else doing the host. So special thanks for Kelly Cordes for a great interview. Here you go. Welcome back. You know, everybody who works, um, who maybe has their own company, has uh, uh, things that they want to really grow in life, they really want to know that secret to success. And so we've got an author with us today. He's written a book called Radical View. His name is Mark Bounty, and uh, he is an author. He's a sales expert. He's got some tips here to elevate your company and your career. And he's going to share some insights from his latest book, uh, and help you unleash that power behind your customers. And, and I really appreciate you, Mark, joining us today. How are you? Doing great, Kelly. Thank you for having me on. Well, absolutely. This is the question. I mean, everybody who um, has a company, whether it's a small business or they're working in big business, don't we all just want to like, we want to know the secret to success. We try to find it ourselves. And sometimes we go down a path of, gosh, this didn't work the way I thought it was. But we, it's like, gosh, if there was just a handbook that I could use to get me where I want to go, that would be great. <laughs> is that kind of what you've tried to work on here? 235 page handbook. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yes. I Value and, you know, customers don't want to be sold to. They want to know that they made a great buying decision. Mm-hmm. And that means that you you have to get your head around the fact that customers don't buy your products or your services. They buy their own outcomes for their own reasons. And each one buys it for some slightly different reasons. 
Okay. And what they will pay for those outcomes depends on how badly they want their outcomes, not how badly they want your product, because they don't. Gotcha. I gotcha. That makes sense. So why did you decide to write this? Well, I was a sales performance consultant for one of the big companies for eight or nine years, and uh, big companies, so there was another hundred consultants that came and went during my eight or nine years, and every single one of us found that salespeople, what they are worst at is the most important part of sales, and that is understanding the customer's outcome, what the customer's going to take away when they buy from you, when and if they buy from you. And so customers, salespeople are worst at the most important part. And so I wanted to write a book that just helps us get back to those basics. Turns out that over the last couple of decades, companies have organized themselves differently. We've, every company that you've ever been in has subdivided departments into specialties and subspecialties and sub-subspecialties. And I have clients right now that have 15 different departments that talk to a customer. And where it used to be three or four, or maybe five, and we wanted sales to do the selling and the other ones to do the other whatever thing, um, now when it's when sales are minority shareholders in that customer interface, we can't take that same thought of everybody else, just do your thing, stay in your lane, and let sales do their job. Yeah. Because out of those 15... Sales has some of the lowest trust with the customer, and some relatively minor part of the customer interface have relatively, and the other people have relationships and access to parts of the company that the salespeople will never get. So as companies have changed over the last couple of years, that has become a bigger and bigger shortcoming. And so I wanted to say, hey, it's time now to realize what's going on, stop the madness, Let's think radically different. And, and I think that you've already said a lot that I've never heard anybody say before. So how do you, how do you go ahead and define value? Uh, value is, there's a, a simple definition that kind of gets us in the ballpark. And your value is what a customer is willing to pay for, uh, pay a price premium for. And that's nice, and it kind of gets us in the ballpark. But remember that customers buy their own outcomes, and how much they want those outcomes is how much they'll pay. So let's call value the desirability of the outcomes from buying from you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I mean, it's this a clunkier, is... Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's a clunkier definition, but it's one that we can all say, okay, now that I wrap my head around that clunky definition, I know what to do now. Right. I mean, that's just it. It's like you have to, you have to stop, because I've never heard anybody say that before, and I have to stop and go, hold on a second. This is not what I've been taught in all the other sales books and all the other classes and in, through my life where I get a job somewhere and they want me to be this great salesperson. Oh, you got a great personality. You can, you're good with people. We want you to just sit down and go through our training process and you go through their training process and you're like, okay, now I got to do things the way you're telling me and I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I, I want a process that frees you to be that person that is wants to be of help to your customer, wants to be the person that helps a customer make a better decision. And I have found over and over the person who asks the best questions and who listens best is the one who wins. There you go. Because you 
you have the ability to fit whatever your product is into what the customer bu- uh, bu- wants to buy. Um, a mentor of mine, Bob Miller, founder of Miller Hyman, he died a few years back. Uh, he liked to say, you don't even know what to sell until you figured out what your customer wants to buy. <laughs> and that's, that's the essence of really good professional selling. And don't you think, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, I've been told this, I've been told that everybody has to be a salesperson because you have to sell yourself. I've been told that. But, I mean, honestly, do you feel like there are certain people that are going to be better at this? Because I feel like a person that is really quick-witted, that can think on their toes, is going to be a much better person with these kind of things that you have, the radical value in your book and, and defining these things at, at being that successful salesperson. You know, being glib and thinking on your toes is is a valuable skill, but there's being glib and good on your toes in a manipulative way, and there's being good and nimble on your toes in a customer-focused way, asking the customer what they want for their results. And so I'll say that being... being responsive and, and and having the gift of gab can be good, but you've got to put that customer focus, that value focus, you've got to focus it through that lens. Otherwise, you're just another um, person, salespeople that customers don't really love dealing with. And is there a connection between value and pricing? Because I feel like that's a whole other part of this. Sometimes things can be uh, seem like a price might be too low and it, it ruins things for people. Ah, you're the first person who's asked me that, and a really perceptive question. Um, economics teaches us that price is just a number that is the intersection between the demand curve and the supply curve. But in the real world, outside of economics class, price declares value. When you price a pair of, of designer jeans high, they have more value than that exact same pair of jeans would have if you priced it um at what it really costs to produce in that factory in Malaysia. Sure. Yeah, and then people are, uh, and that's the part where people, they have a difficulty with that, right? They're like, well, yeah. they start these prices too low, and then people go, well, this can't be that big of a deal, or whatever it might be, because it's about what they really are wanting, not about what you're selling. Uh, one of my first, be- I, I, I have lost a couple deals because I was told to price low. Mm-hmm. And I lost. I lost because of the low price. You've been and, there. You know, every couple every couple years you learn. But uh, customers have said, you know, Mark, I just well, for what I need, I just don't think you can provide what I need at that price. So I, I think you didn't even understand what I'm asking for. Oh. So in this book, um, Radical Value, do you? How was this laid out? How is this different than maybe some of the other? Uh, books about sales that people kind of look at out there. How how are people going to be able to look at this book and actually incorporate it into what they're really trying to do? Yeah, I, I start with kind of why you want to lead your company around value, but then I dive into what's going on in the customer's brain when you're as you're building value. What are you trying to get to happen inside the customer's brain? And like you said, different people have different personal styles, and I wanted. You to, to, I wanted to draw out what happens in the customer's mind so that you and your style can get that to happen. I don't need to choreograph your moves and give you a script. 
I just want you to know what you're looking for. Then I had some tools to help uh, people and companies start to talk in the language not of my features, not in my stuff, what I'm selling, but in the language of customer outcomes, in the customer of what they're looking for. Um, and so when you have a conversation with a customer about what they're buying, it's a completely different discussion than a discussion around what you're selling. Did you, when you decided to write this book, I mean, obviously a lifelong uh, in business administration and the things that you do, uh, you know, did you, can you go back all the way and think, wow, I've written this book now. Uh, and this is based on my experiences of um, my my past failures, my past successes, and and you yourself being able to go, aha, this is a turning point. And when this happened for me, things really started to change. Can you recall when you kind of had an aha moment? Wow. Uh, it was actually fairly recently. I had looked back at my career. I was really lucky. One of my first jobs was a company that was maniacal about customer value. And that really shaped, because it was early in my career, that shaped the way my brain thought about value and pricing and sales. And then I was lucky enough to work in the telecom industry, and then it blew up, and I had to work in a completely different industry, and I was lucky enough to have to move out of my comfort zone and go into commercial real estate. And then that blew up. Uh, Commercial real estate lending blew up in 2008. And so... As I look back over all those experiences, there was an aha where people, where someone had said, Mark, you have a lot to offer. Yeah, you've had a bunch of different careers, but that's something special that you have applied it in a bunch of different industries. And these universal things that you've been doing all your life are worth it to a lot of people. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And that's why I always like to hear people's backstories, because when you can come to a place where you go, you know, you tie your shoes, you tie your shoes, but they keep coming untied. They keep coming untied. And pretty soon you like figure out a special way to do it. And then you can share it with other people. And then they start having more success, keeping their shoes tied. I mean, I mean, isn't life yeah. all about our successes and our failures and that's how we move forward. So people shouldn't be so afraid to fail every now and then that leads us to success. Absolutely. Uh, some of these tools actually uh, are, if you adopt these in your sales organization, if you're a vice president of sales and you put some of these tools in place, uh, when one of your great salespeople comes up with a new approach that works, my tools allow that person or their sales manager to put that into this tool and then take it out to the entire sales force. So now the sales force, the entire team, gets to use that great technique, that great angle, that great tip. Um, your great salespeople are great for a reason, and they're the ones that can come up with those, but it's a great sales manager that can take that, capture it, and reproduce it on, for the, the other salespeople that aren't great. And that's, um, when I talk about growing your career, that's well, great when you're, if I can help you grow as a salesperson, but now I want to help you grow as a sales manager, and then as a sales leader, and then as a corporate leader. So I have written tools and things for people at all different levels of the organization in the book. I like that. How is the book laid out? Is it like a workbook type of, uh, like you go through it, you do some exercises, or is it more of a straight chapter read? It's a straight chapter read. Um, if, you want the, if you want the workshop, you have to come to boundyconsulting.com, uh, okay. B-O-U-N-D-Y, consulting.com. 
Um, so I do have exercises, and I'm very happy to talk through these. Uh, people learn this stuff by applying it to their business. So that would be awesome. Is, um, and I'm actually toying with the idea of having a workbook that accompanies this. Yeah, but it, it is a straight yeah it is a straight chapter read, and it kind of goes from the big picture down into some details and describes some tools, and then it closes back on uh, here's how these tools fit together. Yeah, I like that. How is this book now available uh, at Amazon? Where can we get your book? Uh, it is on the big A. It's on Amazon. <laughs> and so search for Radical Value. Okay. Does this book also, um, I mean, does it work for like a small business owner with just a small sales staff as well as, you know, more corporate? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm in a networking group and I've uh, I've given it to some people and they've, uh, I had a small business woman who helps restaurants reconfigure their menus to uh, to help people with you know, food allergies and gluten intolerance and that kind of stuff. And she was saying, I have a hard time articulating what happens. And so we we talked her through it, and uh, she knew exactly what percentage of people suffer from these kind of food sensitivities. She she had that down to the tenth of a percent. I don't remember what the number was, 17% or 7.4%. That's great. And, And so I said, ask a restaurant owner how many empty tables they have. Okay. And do pe- do people with food sensitivity not like to go out to eat? No, they hate it. As a matter of fact, they find one thing that they can eat that doesn't upset their system and they go back and they have that thing over and over until they get sick of it. And then so you're telling me that if we help them through the menu that you could have somebody coming in your restaurant filling your empty seats and being comfortable with the stuff because with, with all a variety of different menu items because we helped you. Oh yeah. So this isn't helping this is this is not only helping people with food sensitivity, it's helping a restaurant fill vacant seats. Yeah. Haha. It's great. I, I love the fact that you did this and it's fun to see someone that's um in this profession be actually able to go, okay. This is the words you've never heard before. Let's think about what the what the customer is really, really wanting here. And the way you said it, I've never heard it said that way. And I appreciate it that you uh, spent some time with us this morning. Radical Value is the name of your book. And this is Mark Boundy, who's joining us today. Uh, again, is there a place where we can go to learn about more about you? Do you have a website, Facebook, anything like that? Yes, I do. Uh, yes, I pitched it once, but thanks for letting me do it again. It's uh, Boundy Consulting, B-O-U-N-D-Y, consulting.com. Yeah, search the book on Amazon at Radical Value. So that was fun. I really enjoyed that interview. Once again, Kelly, thank you very much. Um, I apologize for the sound quality, both for my having a cold during the interview, as well as for the fact that it was a phone interview. So the book is available on Amazon.com, both in a Kindle e-reader version as well as paperback. Um, if anybody really feels the need to get a hard copy, let me know and we'll arrange to get uh, a version of that as well, if you'd like. But go ahead and uh, contact me at mark at boundyconsulting.com if you've got any questions or comments um, on the book, on the podcast, uh, or if you'd like to talk about your situation and see if there's anything that we can do to help you and your sales team become more successful. 
So thanks for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast. And as you've probably been able to figure out by now, value exists only in your customer's mind, which means that your success is all in your customer's head. Thanks. Have a great one. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.